0: Great, great
1: morning,
0: morning,
1: everybody. Great morning. Dude, don't be coming here trying to kill my, my vibe. I
0: thought it, I thought I was supposed to do it this no. week. My bad, no. bro.
1: Nah, dude. How you doing, bro? <laughs> I'm good, man. Nothing new, nothing exciting. Like, what's up, man?
0: Uh, Man, maybe I'm overexposed to it, but this real estate market's crazy. That, yeah, that's where can- I'm at. You
1: need to stop crying and just just get going bro
0: yep just ear to ear grins over here. how are you doing
1: <laughs> well i'm I'm good man I'm good man I'm good um I mean you know we got some we got some news today uh Washington well, said we got some news but uh just say your prayers we're really close to getting this project off the ground. I'm actually doing a lot of behind the scenes. Um, so once we start the Mahana Fresh thing, um, we can just go. Cause after we get the okay, it's all timing then after that. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm good. Um, my wife, um, she came
0: from, she had a little girl's trip. I'm glad she's back. Cause I almost died this weekend. Um, uh, taking one in a couple of weekends too. I have no idea what I'm going to do. She's actually oh, got two in a row coop. Now that I think oh, about it.
1: Man, that's what's up. I mean, it's all good though. You but see, like, you don't have kids though. I know y'all, you know, watching the plans, but like, I don't know what we would do. You got two. You got two kids that I'm over here trying to figure out what we're trying to watch for the day.
0: Coop, I'm oh. the kid. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, well, I'm glad she's back too.
1: Yeah, keep keep my sanity uh, back down at a reasonable level. Um. But yeah, other than that, um, let's just get let's get into it. Unless you got anything else?
0: Nope. Let's cook it up. All right. Let's go. All right. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh, today's episode of Shipbuilding with Cooper and Caleb. Cooper uh, bringing our next guest. Good morning, guys. On today's
1: episode, uh, I have a really good friend of mine, uh, my accountability partner john broken
0: (laughs) john appreciate you man thanks for being on the show
2: yeah my pleasure
1: uh john just uh tell our audience a little bit more about uh who you are what you do and why you do what you do
2: all right uh i am a philanthropic entrepreneur and father and husband uh so that's kind of in short um I live in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I've got three beautiful kids, a beautiful wife. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur, uh, so aka professional squirrel chaser. <laughs> uh, not necessarily a great thing uh, without the right uh, support team. Um, yeah, so I'm a entrepreneur, uh, originally raised in Minnesota, been in Colorado for about 15 years, um, flipped houses for about 12 years. And recently, have made a shift uh, into chasing a different squirrel. So instead of flipping real estate, I want to flip businesses. So I got my real estate license last year, so I could uh, be become a business broker. Um, it's an interesting thing to have to be licensed in real estate, uh, but uh, to broker businesses. But most, a lot of businesses have real estate involved, so um, they have to have that side covered um, as well. But um, and why I do what I do, um, I in 2000, early 2012, um, I found my, my people, which are entrepreneurs and have fallen in love with them. Uh, so the majority of my, my network are entrepreneurs and, um, some of the bravest people that, I, that I've met, um, obviously the, our military is number one, but I would say entrepreneurs for me, um, mm. are, are two. So military, I'd say military and police and, you know, our first responders, but then, uh, and then entrepreneurs. So, I mean, the, the sacrifices that, entrepreneurs make, um, the, the chances that they take. Um, I think, you know, America was built on the backbone of entrepreneurs in my opinion. And so why I do what I do is, um, really support entrepreneurs, whether they're partners, whether they're clients. Um, I believe that entrepreneurs are, um, yeah, kind of the foundation of America. So if I, in some way, shape or fashion can free up their time uh, like, true entrepreneurs, not necessarily just a business owner. Not If you're a business owner, it doesn't mean that you're an entrepreneur, but it's more how how you think.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and they they give back a ton. So if I can free up more of their time, uh, they will just naturally make the world a better place. And so if I can free up a bunch of entrepreneurs, um, then the world will become a better place and, and help them and, and our communities. So that's why I do what I do.
0: That's one of the best whys we've heard in a long time, John. Got the mic drop the mic (laughs) phenomenal why um you gave us a lot to work with though too coop do you want to go first
1: Uh, okay so john can you like so in your childhood like what made you like start on this path
0: yes serial entrepreneurs usually have like a like a story like i don't know if they were like we've had people who were Selling stuff they found on the side of the road. I mean, so there's got to be some story like that that got you going. Uh,
2: That's a a great question. And I have never really – I don't remember the last time I got uh, that that question besides last week. So having it twice this, uh, this close apart um, is interesting. Uh, so I was actually on a, a Zoom call with a Rotary Club in the U.K., uh, so Knottsburg, um, to be specific, but, um, yeah, I guess why I kind of got into it. Um, and you guys, at least Cooper's based in, uh, North Dakota. So there's a whole like Midwestern nice mm-hmm. part of it.
0: I'm Minnesota um, too. Oh,
2: are you? Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, yeah. So there's the whole Midwestern, uh, nice thing, but, um, you know, one thing that sticks in my head a lot and I, I share it a lot is uh, the whole G.I. Joe thing of knowing is half the battle. Um, So I'll take that and then lead into when I was in high school, uh, we had to have, I think, 20 hours of community service uh, so that we could graduate. And Hmm. my two older sisters, they volunteered at a place called Channel One in Rochester, Minnesota, which was a food bank. And I never really had been exposed to, like, nonprofits uh, or food banks a whole lot. When I was really, really young, uh, my family used a food bank. Um, so, you know, I learned that as I started volunteering, I talked to my dad about it. So that was pretty cool to be able to kind of go full circle of
0: mm-hmm.
2: utilizing it, uh, coming up at my dad's an amazing man, um, and really, you know, provide for us well. Um, so being able to go back and give back to it, it was a different food bank, but I still remember people coming in just kind of looks on their faces. Um, and then, you know, as they got to shop and get there and, you know, two produce, two dairy, and then all the other stuff. And then they kind of check out and just the, the difference that it made in their life uh, because food is such a huge thing. Obviously uh, it's one of our our needs that we, right. that we haven't learned. Uh, but when I saw how it changed them and how it affected them um, and I have not thought about this in a long time until last week, uh, last Tuesday when I had that, that zoom call. Uh, but I think that was probably kind of the catalyst as far as me wanting to give back. Um, So yeah, I think that was probably the basis of, of when I realized how one person uh, could really affect a community.
0: You, you mentioned in your, uh, in your bio, he said you're a philanthropic serial entrepreneur. Um, Cooper and I will probably fast forward and go backwards a lot with you, but while we're on this topic, do you have a specific, you know, mission or vision um, for yourself in regards to your title of a philanthropic serial entrepreneur? Sounds like that's how you got started, but what's the focus now?
2: Yeah, um, on a high level, it's uh, I want to be the change that I want to see in the world. Hmm. So not lead by my words, but lead by my actions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll leave the world a better place than I found it. So, you know, having three kids, working with a lot of youth, um, I want to ideally leave it in a better place than I found it. So my kids, and my wife make fun of me, um, not around COVID. It's been a little bit different, uh, but for a long time, just when we go into the grocery store, uh, we park further away, try and get our steps in. Um, but also when we see trash on the way in or trash on the, on the sidewalk, uh, we always, well, I always pick it up and now my kids have been doing that as well. Um, hmm. uh, and then find the trash can, um, and, you know, throw it away, um, so it's, you know, general leaving the world a better place than I found it. And yeah, being the change I want to see in the world.
0: Yes. Yeah, so that's, that's really interesting. There's snow where Cooper and I are, you know, half the, not anymore, bro. Is it gone? <laughs> yeah, it's gone now, well, at least for right now. Y- you notice when all this, like, it's pretty, everything's white, right? Whatever. Um, but then everything melts and it's like, man, all you see is garbage for that first, you know, couple of days or a couple of months, excuse me, weeks. Um, so that's awesome, man. I, I mean, props to you, John. I think it's really cool that, um, you know, like you said, you live out—you live it out—versus just say it. This is the time can of the you... year where it's needed. My bad, Coop.
1: No, you're good. You're good. You're good. I was gonna—I was gonna ask John. Can we talk a little bit how you got into your? Um, I think you had a—you were selling mobile homes for a little bit there. Yes,
2: yeah, so that's one of the the squirrels or the widgets thing. Can... <laughs> <laughs> can can you
1: can you talk about how like what intrigued you? You know how how you got got into that?
2: Yeah, um, so that was the last probably two years that I was active in real estate investing um, in Denver. The market's insane, especially right now. It's it's, it's just
0: stupid. I told you, Coop. Um, I was just talking yeah. about that.
2: I mean, people. Paying forty to one hundred thousand dollars over asking price, no inspection, in cash. Yeah. So it's it's not healthy for market whatsoever. Um, you know, it is what it is, and you know, good for the the homeowners that are selling at this point. But as far as a market, it's the market here has been unhealthy for several years now. Um, but with that comes you know the the different perspectives. We all have different perspectives depending on you know where we're coming from. So as an investor. Uh, i at the top, I had a staff of seven um we were doing a bunch of marketing, flipping about thirty houses a year mm-hmm. um but really digging into the numbers when I hired a, a fractional c f o so we had about twelve different clients, but you know being being one of them and digging into the numbers um I just saw kind of the writing on the wall of it's all timing, especially in a market like this um it's not necessarily healthy. It takes it takes a, a ton of marketing and a ton of marketing dollars and effort uh, to get a deal. So chasing a thirty five thousand dollar profit, spending you know, four to six thousand just to get a deal uh, to do the volume that we wanted to do, plus other overhead, it was just it was a lot of work and it was a lot of risk. I felt because um, on that thirty five thousand, I probably bought it for three hundred, hoping to sell it for four twenty five. Um, and just you know, adding efficiencies. I'm also a business coach, so um, not necessarily because of of me, but I've had some amazing entrepreneurs and mentors that have taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but digging into the numbers, I just saw that margin being squeezed and squeezed and squeezed because you can't necessarily plan on you know buying it for 400 and then or buying for 350, putting 50 into it, so for 400, and just know that you're going to get 100 grand over asking price. Like that's speculation and that speculation is not investing. Right. So just like seeing where the market was going. Um, I got this lead on a three bed, two bath uh, mobile home in Golden, Colorado. So um, where Coors furry is. I just drove through Golden a couple of
0: weeks ago. Oh, did yeah. you? Uh,
2: it's, a, it's an awesome little town. Uh, the mobile home parks are actually some of the best that I've seen in Denver or in Colorado at least. Uh, but stumbled into one, the guys like, I want 25 grand for it, moving to Atlanta and just need to get rid of it. So move for, for work thing. So I are from 20, he took it. So, um, I bought it anticipating being able to rent it. So there was still a lot rent, which was about 900 a month. Um, so, but overall, I'm like, there's, there's gotta be money in this thing. And this was four years ago and the market was still crazy hot here. So buying a three bed, two bath for 20 grand. Like, there's no way that I can't make money on this. I just don't know how yet. And as an entrepreneur, I started, you know, the wheel started churning, and seeing how I could make it happen. So I quickly realized when I called the park office that um, I did it all wrong. I was supposed to get approved um, before I could buy it. I'm like, uh, I already gave him cash and he left. So I guess <laughs> it's um, so it was kind of like, a, you know, uh, ask for uh, forgiveness later on. So um, I bought about Seven different mobile homes in that park, so I got to know uh, the owner, of, well, the manager of it. Um, but so what happened was that they just, they said that I'm not able to rent it, so I had to sell it. I'm like, well, I don't know what this thing is worth, so um, I ended up selling for 50 grand with seller financing. So it gave me five grand down, um, and then paid off the 45. Is I think a eight year. No, sure. or maybe seven years sure. out, um, but paid it down for probably three years and I paid the whole thing off. Uh, so it ended up being a great deal. And that's kind of what kicked me off into like the pricing in, in Denver is so high, affordable housing is, is non-existent. Um, so I started getting into mobile homes and doing some seller financing and, uh, and just selling it, you know, cash. Uh, but it was very interesting because typically with flipping, when you flip it, you want to be like moving ready and completely perfect with mobile homes. And I would, I've thought about even coaching around this because the margins are 50 to 100% versus 11% from what I found mm-hmm. in flipping traditional uh, housing. Um, but they, they don't want the property fixed because they're paying cash and they want to fix it as they go, which they typically don't seem to really fix it that much. Um, so like my best property, like the nicest property that I have, I'm still sitting on. So in the the best deal I had, I bought it for ten grand, sold it for thirty eight thousand in about uh, two and a half months, and I did nothing to it besides remove a hot tub and a couch.
0: It's almost like you were a wholesaler, but instead it was yeah. mobile homes. That's really really interesting.
2: It's super interesting. the The term that I was taught is wholesale. <laughs> so you buy it wholesale, sell it retail.
0: <laughs> wholesale. I've yeah. never heard of that. That's awesome. My
2: yeah. Justin Colby down in a. Uh, uh, Arizona, who is one of my mentors um he's the one that introduced that idea for me
1: and and then and then covid hit and yeah. can you can, and just so everyone knows um I came across John i think it was twenty nineteen we had a uh fourth quarter challenge um uh, basically the last quarter of the year um it was Eric Thomas challenge and he you get put in this group once you sign up, and, like, John put up a post, like, hey, looking for accountability partners. And so we've had a call, like, once a week. Um, you just talking, you know, where each other's at with goals, what they're working on for the week, um, stuff like that. So we've been doing that um, for the last year, year and a half. Um, But I've admired how uh, John has pivoted um, during COVID, um, I don't know, John, if you, if you want to just talk about it, like going from your mobile home business to like complete, you know, the realtor now flipping businesses. Can you just like, just talk about that transition?
2: Yeah. Um, I think my biggest asset has been, um, has self reflection, self-awareness, uh, there's a lot of things that I'm not good at uh, growing up in the Midwest. Um, you're supposed to like, you do it better than anyone else. Uh, that's just the mentality. And it's taken a while. I mean, I've been in Denver for 15 years, been around my entrepreneurial community for about thir- 12 or 13. Um, and it's kind of a hard pill to swallow at first when you're, when you're taught, uh, you know, my, my stepdad and my mom, they're on the farm. That was one of my first, that was, my first job um and so that mindset of you know bragging about how many hours you put in the field or or put to work uh and that's like you were like a badge of honor and now i realize that like if you brag about how much time you put into something you've probably failed already because if that's if that's your kpi um like you can street sweet or uh, sweep streets for 24 hours a day if you want if you really want that trophy but it doesn't necessarily get you anywhere Um, So with this whole shift, um, and I've, my staff has told me long ago, uh, I'm not overly organized. Um, I definitely need some babysitting as far as getting stuff done, but um, I'm just very good at building relationships and authentic, genuine relationships. Um, And so I realized that that was, you know, really my highest and best use of time if I had to support staff. Um, So it didn't really work out how I had hoped flipping houses. Uh, excited, a lot of great friends in the industry. It's just a, it's a, just a different animal, uh, real estate versus businesses. Because with real estate, there's a an MLS. So really, you throw a property on the MLS, especially in Denver, and you're gonna get. I mean, right now it's probably crazier than it's ever been. Uh, but you'll get 50 showings in three days and 20 right. offers. with the Highest one at 80 grand over asking, cash and no inspection, which is absolutely crazy uh, but with businesses it's different um, you actually there's a lot of things that I'm baffled about uh, but in business there's biz buy sell uh, there's a few different websites like mm-hmm. LoopNet, but there's not an MLS um, and a lot of business brokers don't co- co-op so whereas when you post a business if you're a listing agent and you post something on the MLS someone will have a buyer's agent and so there's kind of two sides of it uh, with business from my experience, at least um, like I'll do marketing, people contact me. Um, so I represent the buyer yeah. and the seller, which is essentially just transactional. Um, but it's been, yeah, a, a fascinating transition. Um, and so still kind of working through that now, honestly, of what do I do? What do you, what does my staff do? Cause I'm so used to having a staff and people to keep me accountable, uh, but also just getting stuff done. Um so yeah, through this transition, I've realized that there's a lot of things I'm not necessarily good at. And so becoming an agent um and then doing the brokerage thing, uh learning the brokerage process. Um it's been a lot, I've taken it more as education. Uh so looking at a lot of financials, looking at a lot of different types of businesses, trying to understand the widget um and doing the transactional side of it. Um, and then as I I did that in the last week or so, started reaching out to some people, some investors, uh, people that are good at marketing and sales, uh, operations and finance, um, ideally putting a team together so I can start flipping businesses as well. Um, so it's been, I don't know, as an entrepreneur, chasing squirrels, um, I've hidden behind that at times, uh, but I think that the business brokerage thing is definitely a better fit for me. Um, cause I get to do the transactional stuff, but also be in the front. Um, when a, when a new listing comes in, I get to see it right away and see if it's something that I want to take down or not. Um, but it's, you know, the, the lesson that I've learned from this whole thing is don't be afraid to adjust. Um, don't shift too soon. Make sure that you have outside eyes to make sure that it, it's, it's a good fit because it's easy to hide, uh, from your weaknesses by keep switching, especially as an entrepreneur. And I've, you know, ask me how I know. I've definitely done that. Uh, but I've got some amazing guys in my life um, and I get to talk to Coop um, every two or every week on Tuesday. Um, and so I just, I make sure that I get those outside eyes so that I can kind of brain dump on them and they can kind of sift through it and, and see if it's something that I should be doing or, or if I shouldn't be doing. So, you know, you got the biggest lesson is have great people around you that, that, uh, that truly have your back and make sure that any shift that you make is, is the right.
0: A couple comments on that. Um, real estate is all hustle. Commercial real estate is twice the hustle. So I'm, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're learning all about that just to kind of expand on what you said. Um, used an acronym, KPI key performance indicator, correct? Um, can can you talk about what your KPIs have shifted to as a business broker versus, uh, uh, a house flipper or a, or a, or a whole tailor, um, if you will.
2: Yeah. Um, it's been interesting and I'll, I'll share this In I heard this, I, I did not hear it from Wendy's, the restaurant necessarily, but, um, I forgot, I heard this probably six or seven years ago. So I'm not saying it's absolutely true or not. Uh, but as far as KPIs go, the, the, the best story that I've heard, and I, I share, especially as a business consultant, and and preach to my clients about having KPIs. Um, is so Wendy's, um, according to the story, is the only thing they track on a on a weekly or monthly basis is uh, the number of buns they go through. So they obviously have a whole team, much <laughs> infinitely bigger than my team, uh, but when it comes to tracking things, they've taken a bun. And they have done done the metrics of it's probably .99 sandwiches, uh, .75 um, mm. French fries, I you don't know mm. six soft drinks. So all, all the things that they sell, um, they've associated to that in some way. And so the only KPI that they they track allegedly is how many buns they go through. So more is not better. Really, in anything, um, it's more in quality or quantity. So if they can, if they can really track like how many buns, and if it's like within their parameters, uh, whether it's I don't know if they track it by state, by country, um, whatever it is, but as long as they hit that they've they've gone through that many buns, then they're good. If it's below that, then they look into it. If it's above it, I would think they go into it of like what's working well, um, and then actually you know maybe what profit is. But that's like that's their one KPI. So I was always taught like know your bones um <laughs> so, so as far as my kpis how they have shifted um it depends like so i've got kpis um i strongly believe in accountability so hence having a accountability partner that is hosting this um <laughs> <laughs> so, it's ironic. Uh, so um but it's really kind of like what is the result that you're after that should be the main KPI. And then what are the key things you have to do in order to get there? So for me as a broker, it's listings. Um, I don't really have KPIs as far as, you know, acquisition yet. Um, but at this point, I feel like as long as I'm getting listings, I'm getting in front of opportunities. And if I'm getting in front of opportunities, then, you know, it's just a a numbers game. So before something jumps out, um, yeah. So it's, it's, the KPIs are, are fascinating, especially, I mean, from body, mind, um, your, you know, spirituality, uh, contribution, you know, back to the community or back to whatever you want to get back to, uh, but tracking all those things. You, not just you, uh,
0: I'm sure you love the term reverse engineering when it comes to your goals as well. Uh, absolutely. Right on. Yep. Right on. The, the, I, I, my brain always works the works the same as well and um, I'm am a real estate professional so listings are also important to me as well so uh, it's just it's just awesome to hear that you know you're crushing it and you you have luck- luckily you have Cooper right Coop <laughs> oh, I'm lucky I got him mutual, <laughs> <laughs> man there there there's been
1: there's there's been days I'll pick up the phone and I'm not feeling it and he'll be like Coop you got to change the attitude man
0: like yeah, I'm glad I'm not I'm like, the only one. That's yeah. great to hear. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but there's days when you pick me up too, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, uh, go ahead, anything? please, please, gonna... please, go ahead. So, John, can you can you also talk about? Um, you know, you've been talking about relationships, mentors. Um, when this whole COVID thing happened, you know, I remember you had. Uh, a guy that you looked up to or that was kind of mentoring you and I remember there were some some tough conversations you had with him when it came to your your uh you know your mobile home business um and and selling it um uh, can can you just talk about why it's good you know to have an accountability partner or have mentors that can um help you you know outside eyes looking in um and why you need to listen
2: yeah um absolutely um yeah it's easy to hide it's super easy to hide just through activity um i've had so many times where at the end of a week or at the end of a day or at the end of a month or even end of the year unfortunately where you just feel so just drained and exhausted you're like i ha- i crushed it today or I crushed it this week or I crushed it this month and look back like i did nothing i got nothing accomplished I, you know, went, I, I coffeeed myself out of business this, this week or this month. Um, so, and that's where KPIs kind of step back into it of, if you're not getting the if you don't know what your result is for one, like shame on you, uh, get a mentor. Um, if you're not hitting your goals, shame on you, get a mentor. If you're hitting your goals, then great, but you better have a mentor that's holding you accountable. So it's, um, you know, find those people that you would trade places with on that topic. Um, same thing with advice. Only take advice from someone that you would trade places with on that topic. Uh, so if I'm going to, if I want to get to be, you know, a professional golfer, I'm not going to hire a soccer coach, right? And it's it's that ridiculous, but most people um, take advice from someone that they would not trade places with or are not on the path or where they want to go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, having those people around you to hold you accountable. So like if I, um, I tell Cooper that uh, this week I'm going to concentrate on this and um, and I want to get this done. And you know, I think we always be better at, at making something very measurable, but if it's not measurable, it's hideable. So if I want to say like, I'm going to make 20 cold calls, like that is very measurable. If I say, I'm going to put a lot of effort into cold calling, like, okay, you made two. It may seem like a lot of effort because you don't enjoy doing it. Um, but it, you got to make it measurable. Um, so the guy that, um, I kind of got connected with, uh, through, so I'm the president of my rotary club, uh, this rotary year, uh, which is a great thing. You know, our, our um, our saying is our slogan is service mm-hmm. above self, um, which is a little bit ironic. Uh, I mean, that's just for better or worse how, well, not necessarily for worse. It's just how I've lived my life as an entrepreneur. So make it, you know, I will say philanthropic, um, but I had this project. I connected with this, uh, the president of a Rotary Club in Nigeria. Uh, and it's hilarious um, that when we first talked, I was at my house in Park, Colorado, and we had a bad, bad connection, uh, audio connection and video connection because of my internet. <laughs> He's in Nigeria, and it sort of just like breaks every thought that I had about like the rest of the world. Which is fascinating, and I want to like go visit him and visit um, all all across the world. But uh, so super ironic there. But um, I asked him what projects he had going on, and he said that he's trying to get ten laptops. So they had two high schools in his city, and one of their projects was to get five laptops for each each high school. And um, you know, Scooper knows I'm a huge proponent of uh, electronics and technology, um, not necessarily for my kids to play Roblox, <laughs> but like for productivity. <laughs> uh, so um so i'm like let me i'll just post something on facebook and see if anybody steps in and uh, a buddy of mine who's an insurance agent connected me with this guy mark and mark reached out to me and uh we got together a couple of times to, to chat and um early last year i was just struggling um you know the mobile home stuff wasn't going how i wanted um had to lay off some of my staff um just because it wasn't necessarily a good fit and financially Um, so business-wise, if it makes sense. And, uh, he told me this kind of metaphor. He's like, you're with your skill set, like you're in this canoe and you're paddling really hard, but you have straws in your hands. He's like, we need to find you a big, broad paddle to where you start getting some momentum and you start kind of working within your highest and best use of time, not flipping mobile homes. He's like, "I, I will, I will fund a mobile home, a mobile home park. Uh, But flipping these individual ones, he's like, the numbers just don't really make sense. Uh, Just because lot rent in Colorado, especially, is so high. Um, So we connected and he held me accountable. We talked every week and, uh, you know, it kind of goes back in turn. He just passed his, not the real estate license exam, but he finished the course. Uh, But he asked me to hold him accountable. Um, And so I think, you know, when it comes to to mentors, um, you know, I I think the best thing you do in this world is serve. Uh, I think that's where it's just that from you know, nonprofits to even within your business or within your family or, or, or marriage. Um, so with him, uh, it's been awesome to be able to kind of hold him accountable. And it's a mindset that he's willing to be held accountable. Um, and so am I. And I think that's where it's been, been a good fit. But, you know, I think with him, he, he helped me kind of push through the times when, um, you know, I didn't necessarily want to shift because when you shift it, it is uncomfortable, but when you know that you have support, um you know really cool. can, can I sneak you. in
0: just just a little just a <sighs> go little go man
2: cool.
0: um two questions John <laughs> who was your first mentor and what advice would you give to someone searching for their first mentor uh my
2: father has, was my first mentor hands down um I've had a bunch of amazing ones since then a bunch of amazing men in my life um and women uh but yeah my dad I mean he's There, I've never questioned whether he's got my back. Um, I'd more probably question, like, why does he have my back with some of the stupid things that I do, especially (laughs) in high school and before then. Um, uh, Yeah, so definitely him. I mean, I've had several other ones. Um, Andy Bacon was one that was revolutionary in my life when I first got into real estate investing. Um, So, you know, forever grateful to him And, and, you know, Mark Hope who I was just speaking about in Helen Weingarten. I mean, I could go down a list of amazing people. Um, but I think my advice for someone looking for one, which is actually in my journal too, um, is yeah, find someone who, who has either similar values to you or values that you want. Um, and is in the path or is at the point where you want to be. Um, like I said, you know, don't, take advice from someone that you went trade places with on that topic. Um, and I can honestly say every, every mentor that I've taken on, um, and one, one aspect or another is where I want to be. Um, so as cheesy as I may say, um, I reached out and connected with Cooper a year and a half ago, uh, cause one of the things that I wanted to uh, improve was my health. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I see it on social media, so that definitely helps kind of top, you know, keep it top of mind, but, um, You know he is in the gym early early in the morning uh he's got kids i've got kids so i'm like what's my excuse so it's uh it's not necessarily him holding me accountable uh directly but kind of indirectly it's like he's doing it why am i not you
0: want those type of people in your circle um yeah coop is definitely he's definitely one of those guys all right man that that was my question coop my bad. back to you
1: it's all good it's all good um
0: Lots of nuggets. That was great, lots John. Of nuggets.
1: Um can you get the lots, <laughs> lots. Can, can can we talk about the the fear? Um like just with you know, just how how does how does John deal with fear, right? Like I'm sure when COVID hit and you had a you had a pivot um basically into a new business or like, you know, a did, new didn't thing. You how say did you say entrepreneurs are Some of
0: the bravest or courageous. I can't remember your words, John. Um, but just to, just to piggyback a little bit on what Cooper's yep. saying,
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, life is a funny thing. Yeah, you know, things are are all relative. Um, I've had probably six straight times where I was within two weeks of not being able to make my house <laughs> payment, and as you guys know, being in the in the, the Midwest, uh, right? You do not oh man, miss a payment on it. So, you know, I I just hear my dad in the back of my head, like, pay your debts and and get high debt as as fast as possible. Um, Yeah, I mean, I went through a divorce in 2012. Um, And yeah, I mean, that was that was tough. A lot of it was my responsibility, my fault. Uh, My son was two and a half uh, when we split, Um, had way too much overhead. Um, pretty much zero income, you know, jumping full-time into real estate. Uh, one of the dumbest things I've ever done, um, but I definitely learned from it. Uh, but, the, you know, with everything being relative, um, you know, those, those moments, like I, uh, there's a few years there. I probably had four or five times where I just like completely broke down. Um, Like I, you know, being Midwestern, you know, strong headed, like I can do anything, um, so getting to the point where you like mm. break down and crying and just like feeling helpless, um, I will never, ever, ever forget, um, those, those times. And so, you know, as things you know got better and then, um, you're shifting and, and being able to kind of be in, I don't want to say control cause we're never really in control, but when you just feel like you're in a better direction, um, and then you have a hiccup, uh, those moments you look back to of like, okay, I <laughs> I I know rock bottom or what, what has been my rock bottom. I, I don't ever want to see if it goes deeper than that. Um, but that, it was a, it was a tough, tough time. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot that goes into that, but you know, that, that feeling of what rock bottom is, um, and then everything relative to it. So in the last year and a half, been through a lot of struggles, um, you know, my marriage with, uh, you know, kids and. Uh, business stuff and shifting and a lot of uncertainty, Um, you know, having those kind of base points of like, okay, in all reality, uh, this isn't absolutely terrible, but also when I've, when I've just been like kicking butt and in a great place, like, how do I feel emotionally? How, like, how am I, if I check in, Um, and the times that I've not been able to perform, uh, you know, as a husband or father or entrepreneur or, you know, philanthropist, um, you know, where is that, where's that at that point? So like, I can have a pity party for myself, but I know during those times I'm not going to, I'm not going to achieve. So no matter what is in my way, like I may accidentally do something well, but overall I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be me. So even those hard times, like the, the hardest thing to do is like shift your mindset of like, okay, I need to snap back into my um, call, it, uh, Johnny B mode um, that I just, yeah, kind of kick butt and have, a, you know, change my my mentality uh, because, I, you know, in, everybody's heard it, um, that life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you respond. And so like, if I just want to have a pity party and, and really own that 10% and then not do anything about it, um, that's on me. Uh, but if I you know, take the 90% and really adjust to it um, and go crush it, then that's on me too. So it's complete responsibility. And I think that's been the, the greatest gift that entrepreneurism has given me is this idea of like, whether it's good or bad, it's on me. So the bug stops with me and there's no one to blame. Um, and it's just, you know, it it's mine to have and it's mine to lose.
0: So just is that a big part of why it. you like accountability so much?
2: yes absolutely because and there's definitely times where like yeah things are tough i hear you you know feeling heard feeling understood um but also it's like coop i know that you're this you know this part may suck and not saying (laughs) that's just an example um but like you know you're an animal like you got this let's go crush it and i got your back the whole way and if that doesn't set someone off then i don't know what would
0: yeah i i Sometimes I call Coop and complain, and he usually tells me to shut up, which is, which is, which is, which is why I call I don't, him. I don't, you, tell him you know. So. <laughs> so like, that it, I agree, it is important.
1: It's it's all good. I use I usually call it Caleb too when I want my vibe tilt. That's kind of been our. That's, that's been, kind of been our thing, monthly theme for Caleb. Is oh, no that's... <laughs> Um. No, that's that's good. Were you going? Somewhere no, no, it's all you. That man. It's all you, brother. Kill, or... <laughs> okay, gotcha. I was just, I was just making sure. Um, John. So let, So what? That's great. So, you know the the fear. Um, what uh what what motivates you? What like what pushes John to yeah, to want to go through the, the the I, I brick agree. wall?
2: Yeah, um, on the immediate side, um, looking at my wife and my kids, um, and just in you know, like my son quoting Tony Robbins or Zig Ziglar or uh, Napoleon Hill or something like that, and just like telling me why why he was able to make a shift in his day at school. Um, I'm like, Boom. okay, I guess you were listening,
0: um, which
2: <laughs> is awesome. And then I think of like,
0: what else yeah, he was he was listening oh to? man do i need to be
2: more careful <laughs> uh but you know my girls too and like um we love playing there's a game called lemonade stand which i didn't even know about um on alexa so my girl one of my girls has a or both my girls have an alexa so they'll play this like lemonade stand game and it's all about like this is the weather for the day um this is how much a cup of lemonade costs and then um like this is how many signs you can put out. So, you know, as far as marketing goes, so I'm like, okay, sales, marketing, operations, and finance. Like this is my business consulting in a nutshell on uh, Alexa. Uh, but like, they get so excited about this. They they think about, um, you know, different business ideas, business plans. I'm like, I've completely revolutionized their mindset into business. And it's not necessarily what's in it for me, but like what service I can provide and then what value that I get back from providing that service. Um, so, I mean, uh, on the close aspect, there's that, I mean, my, my wife is going into, um, uh, professional coaching, um, called, uh, with the dream factory and, uh, she, like her mindset since I met her four years ago, is completely shifted. Um, and just, I think opening her eyes into the world a little bit more, cause once you realize what can happen, you can't unlearn that. Um, so it's mm-hmm. like in the matrix when you take the blue or the green pill. Sorry, blue or red pill. Um, Like once you take the pill and go down the rabbit hole, you can't, you can't forget it. You can't just unknow this like freedom and the opportunity. But then on like a community level, um, like, I don't know how many kids got impacted by those 10 laptops that were sent to Nigeria. But um, I mean, even if one of them even from like eBay, like that could Mm -hmm. revolutionize like a whole community. Who knows? Um, and then, you know, in the more local community, uh, with my Rotary Club this last year, um, the previous president, Josh, uh, we were able to donate 28000 to our local food sh- food bank. Um, and then this year, we're about to donate 25000 again to the same food bank. Um, and it's not even just uh, about the food. It's, you know, they take them in uh, and they find out, like, where are you at financially? How are you going to get to the next spot? Because we're not here to be your crutch. We're going to get you through this point. Um, so, but like, there's gotta be action after that. Um, so to be able to, um, you know, run my, you know, lead my Rotary club, especially through COVID, um, which anybody who knows anything about Rotary, it's not typically a young person's, um, group. So, you know, with me being 38, uh, and, and leveraging technology as much as I can, um, I've been able to kind of help us through this time doing three things through Zoom, um, and hopefully getting back to in-person meetings pretty soon. Uh, but just, yeah, the, the fact that, that I can have on my family to my community, to the world, um, it's like, I've, you know, I was put in this world, uh, for a reason. Um, I've got a certain set. It may be extremely exhausting. Uh, but at the end of the day, when I, you know, when I get to the pearly gates, um, and I get asked, like, did you, did you give it your all? And, you know, did you affect a lot of people in a good way? I can, at this point, at least I can say, um, absolutely. I'm exhausted, but absolutely. John, you, you got an so awesome really story.
0: Um, you know, Sarah Longford, we're a squirrel chaser, um, you know, house flipper to, <laughs> to, to, whole, to whole tailor. I'm going to keep saying that. So I remember it Wholesaler Taylor to now, to <laughs> now business broker.
2: Yeah,
0: I know you're huge on accountability. So let's let's maybe like, yes, we know that, but what else, what else are you doing for personal growth? You know, you just mentioned a, b- a bunch of good speakers and authors and, and Coop mentioned ET mentioned ET. Um, but what else are you doing just to kind of, um, you know, keep the short sharp, sharp, if you will.
2: Um, yeah, i fallen with COVID and all that stuff. i fallen off a little bit on the personal development just with you know, get my real estate license and the time that that took and um you know i i listen to books not as much as i used to need to get back into that um i do read um on a weekly basis um the power of a praying husband uh, trying to be the best husband i can be um i meditate actually meditating and praying is huge uh one thing that i've learned through COVID is um meditating and praying i kind of i mean it's all praying sure uh just different terminology in my opinion um but like praying it's funny i always thought <laughs> um like praying is like talking at god um and meditating is like listening and it's been a long i until the last year i never really listened and so um i'm a good buddy or a good buddy of mine is a senior pastor of my church also um so we talked about praying and meditating and there's a story and I forgot which one it was, um, but about, uh, like the God whispers. Um, and that kind of came up with conversation that like, sometimes you just have to shut up and listen, like, imagine having a spouse or a friend that all you do is talk at them and never let them talk. Like how, how good of a relationship would you have with them? Um, so I think with the meditation part of it is just like, you know, I'm like, you know, God, what do you have to put on, on my heart today? And, uh, for this week? You know, is there someone that, that I need to reach out to or something I need to be doing? Uh, so as far as, you know, keeping my my sword sharp, it's, you know, having great people in my life like, like Cooper, um, but also just like taking the time to listen and to like, not only listen to God, but listen to friends, listen to uh, my body also, um, you know, definitely there's always room for improvement. Um, so it, it's something I want to, you know, that I need to concentrate on um, but I would say that's, that's probably awesome. the biggest thing that I'm doing right now.
0: <laughs> well, see you next week.
2: <laughs> Big ups, huh? Well, see you later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> man, that's great. This this was great. Um man, John, I can't I can, you know, I don't want to brag about you too much. Um can can you just talk a little bit about just your world of uh business broker, like, cause I feel like anytime we, we have, we like lately, now we have our, our calls on Tuesday. I feel like I'm like asking a ton of questions about this, that, and the other thing. Um I don't know if you want to like talk about numbers or like, you know, kind of like how you guys package businesses together to sell to like private equity funds. I, I, don't yeah, know if, maybe, I don't know if you, you want know, to a couple, touch on like what couple, you do now a little you know, bit.
0: Top couple of things you learned as you as you became a successful broker.
2: Yeah, uh, well, successful is a, a strong word at this point. I'm definitely newer <laughs> into it um, and definitely don't want to you know put on this projection that like everything is, is great or, or kicking butt or whatever. Um, so it, it's been going well. Uh, always have a lot to learn. Um, but I think some of the most interesting things for me, because you know, being, becoming a broker is great and I get to serve my clients, uh, but the bigger aspect is to my goal is to start flipping businesses. Uh, one interesting thing that I learned from my mergers and acquisitions mentor, which he, I don't know if he knows that he's, <laughs> that he's my mentor, but I'm claiming him, uh, cause he, he, I would definitely trade place with him if I could, um, that he, taught me about, uh, private equity and I've heard the term, um, but the, and coming from real estate makes sense. Um, so if I like, I don't know if anybody was going to buy a business for two to five, maybe a million dollars, they don't necessarily have to buy that business. Um, but private equity, once it gets over ten, fifteen million. 10, 15 million which even he says under hundred million is a small business. i <laughs> like, i love to have that small business, but, uh, total mindset shift. Uh, but he's like, once you get over that, then private equity is interested and to buy a hundred thousand dollar business versus a million dollar business. It's not really that much more work for them to manage. So obviously they would rather place money at a bigger amount, um, and get the same, you know, I don't know, 5% return, 10%, whatever that is but they're willing to pay a higher percentage or higher multiple for it. So if you have um, like 10 or 20 car washes versus one um, private equity would not buy one car wash, but if there's 20 and they did you know, 15 million or 10 million in EBITDA um, then the multiple also multiple is, is also more. So like selling one, typically a business sells at mm-hmm. three or four, well two to four multiple depending on owner occupied, if they own real estate, uh, or if it's F T RAN. Uh, but once it gets up to where the EBITDA is high enough, where the the valuation is 10, 15, 20 million and above, uh, private equity, they have to place that money in order to get a return on it. Otherwise, whoever gave them that money will take it back and find someone else that can get a return on that money. So they're a lot more motivated. Uh and this is all just how so, so you're I mean, saying if I'm these car washers produce you know, twenty million uh, in but revenue I mean, exactly, yeah. the
0: business is worth you know around sixty, give or take, correct? In in multiples?
2: Uh if it produces twenty. Uh so if it was one that produced, say five hundred thousand, then it would probably be one point sure. five million. About that three times multiple, maybe four. Um and just and I don't know the car wash industry that well, so that could that number could be adjusted. Um, but if it is, if they do twenty million in EBITDA, it's probably more like a, uh, oh, okay. you know, a twenty or a ten times multiple instead of it. So that multiple increases because especially if it's absentee RAN, because if a, a private equity company or investment banker could acquire that and just have it be a part of a portfolio then they don't need as big of a return is as big of a return as, because it's, um, because it's passive Um, Do you want to explain
0: EBITDA to our listeners as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So EBITDA is, um, it's a way to look at a bunch of different types of businesses and figure out a way, like a common number uh, to be able to evaluate different businesses. Um, And so it's um, earnings, um before uh interest taxes depreciation and amortization so it's essentially like if you if, if someone bought for cash or so you take out the the amortization which is um the principal buy down in the interest which is the interest on the loan if you take that out so assuming that kind of it, it levels a playing field so whether you get a loan or you pay cash it brings it down to um to this EBITDA number, which is almost like net cash flow. Uh, with, re- with Rewind that if you confidence. need
0: to, everybody. That's free game.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you can even Google it because when, just being completely honest, uh, it took me a while to realize what, or to, to know what all those uh, initials stood for. And so when Cooper asked me what have stood for about two months ago, <laughs> I typed into Google, <laughs> took a screenshot, and then <laughs> I figured it's probably the best way to
0: 2021, 20, 20, uh, it's anyway, an amazing so... time to be alive. Love it. Unlimited, unlimited access. That's that's a great story. Love it.
1: It yep. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. John, this this was great. Um where where can our followers uh like link up with you if they if they want to you know talk business or or you know just life in general
2: um i mean uh, linkedin so john broken um you can find me on facebook just you know, john broken that's j o h n b r o k k e n yeah you can email me at uh john broken at gmail.com. i guess i didn't really <laughs> expect Uh, Yeah. I heard you hesitate uh, a little
0: bit. Like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, I'll give them the email. It's all good.
2: Yeah. And it's not a common name. So yeah. J O H N B R O K K E N. And would love to connect with anybody entrepreneurs or yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm a squirrel chaser. So (laughs) if you're a squirrel and want to chat, that's
0: awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to bring it. I'm going to just bring it in. Um, Last question, whether you're talking to your younger self or, or a younger version of yourself, what's, you know, just a piece of free advice you'd give to somebody who's, um, you know, a squirrel chaser and maybe starting out, they have those serial entrepreneurial characteristic traits, what's the one thing you'd let them know?
2: Um, take a little bit of time to, to understand kind of your strengths and weaknesses um, and mm-hmm. surround yourself with good people of uh, you know where you want to go. That's great. So I think that's the biggest thing.
0: Straight to the point. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Well,
1: John. Yep. <laughs> th- thank you for your time, John. Yeah. You're a busy dude. Um. No, this was um, great. This was great. Caleb, you got no,
0: anything? and uh, I just... Uh, that's a terrible answer to your question, Coop. Um, really appreciate your time, John, and I. You know, I definitely have many takeaways from our conversation, and um, I'm I'm excited to I'm excited to connect with you in the future. I, I love I love what I hear what I heard.
2: My dance, but it's been a lot fun and happy to do a, a, another one. Uh, more topics.
0: Amazing. Thank you, sir. Likewise. We'll talk again, All right,
1: John. Thank you. Bye. Yep. Yep. Bye. Another great
0: episode. CC, what's up, man? I'm going to be real cliche, but if it ain't, if it ain't. Rockin' Don't Fix It, you know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Dude. What are you... That was a great episode. <laughs>
1: oh Alright, bro. Takeaways? <laughs> I can't believe you said
0: that. <laughs> you gotta have fun with it sometimes, Coop. Uh, um, I, I, hear, I hear you. I hear you. You're right. You're right. Takeaways for me is um, motivation is fleeting and prioritize your prioritize how you're giving back, doing things for others, um, expecting nothing in return. And also um give giving giving back giving back but but also how you're gosh I'm I'm really struggling with I'm struggling with how to say this prioritize how you're going to give back, but also like your why, you know what I mean? Like he was talked a lot about accountability to, to make sure that he kept coming back to his why. Um, I think he's maybe the first or maybe second person who brought up KPIs, which are key performance indicators. Right. So you could just tell he, you know, an entrepreneur, he said he wasn't very organized, but he's definitely, um, he's definitely, utilizing free resources to help keep him on the right track. And maybe they're not free, but he's doing the right things to make sure he stays on the right track. So just definitely a good person that you want to surround yourself with. I'm sorry for the long winded answer. Coop.
1: No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, no, that's great. And, you know, he talked about, you know, at the end there, when you asked when you asked him um, the question on, advice he would give his younger self. Um he was he, ready for that. He said, no, know your strengths and weaknesses. Um and you know, like he said, he's someone that, you know, is not as organized as he would like to be. And so he does he does those things, mentors, accountability partners, KPIs, um all things that help you stay on track, stay focused, and stay somewhat organized. Um, so that was that was big and i just want to add kpis can be anything you know i i have weird kpis for when i work out right you know it can be as easy as how many times i need to go to the gym this month mm. or um how, what's what's my apple watch challenge for for the month right like i need to beat that to me that's that's a kpi for me um, you know you hear a lot of companies have KPIs, this then the other thing. you know John John said it best he said in the episode, he said, what are the results you're looking for and what are the keys to get you there?
0: He did say it best period.
1: So again, this this podcast is meant for us to bring people on here. You listen to their story, let it inspire you. Take things from their stories and apply it to your life,
0: and let's get to the next level. I'm done, bro. I'm, I'm gonna see you next week, Coop. <laughs> oh, wow, that's the best outro I've ever heard in my life.
1: Let me live, bro. Let me, let me. Let me live.
0: That's the best outro me, I've ever heard in let me, my let entire let life. You live, bro. Uh, let me live. Hey, let me. So, Coop, Coop's big on like, like, follow, review. Uh, sub- subscribe and um, poop cool. Uh, I'll let you finish it. Add us on Clubhouse. Oh, Club Cloudhouse. Cl- Cloud house. Okay.
1: Yep, Cloud
0: yep. Cl- yeah, yeah, club sounds good. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Hit us up. All right, man. All right, I'm, I'm gonna see you next week. See you please. next week, man. Bye.